Hi, this is uh, Jeremy Newbegin. Um, it's Wednesday today. Uh, I don't know what, even what the date is. I haven't got it in front of me. It's probably about the 6th of May, 5th of May. And uh, we've been in lockdown here in the UK since the 19th of March, I believe. And um, we've all got different views of lockdown and why we're having to do it and all the rest. But uh, one thing's for sure, it's it's hindered the work that uh, Rob Gall and I have been doing as Grace and Faith Ministries. And we love all aspects of God's work. <clears throat> and um, especially we love going out and meeting people we don't know, mainly. Um, and sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and where appropriate um, healing the sick casting out demons and raising the dead yeah the latter we've yet to to do but I'm sure we'll do that in the future I've certainly had a go at raising someone from the dead when I was in Kenya a year or so ago which was quite an experience but that's another that's another story. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk to you, the listener, about um, my thinking at the moment. And um, you must decide for yourself what you believe is of God and what you believe is of the flesh. And because um, there always is a mixture of that. I mean, Peter was famously rebuked by Jesus for um, telling our Saviour that uh, he wasn't going to die. Jesus didn't, uh, Peter didn't understand, of course. Uh, and Jesus didn't rebuke Peter, notice. He rebuked Satan. He knew who was at work behind Peter's thinking. And uh, Peter, to be fair to him, didn't um, understand what we now know. So he didn't have the benefit of um, the written word telling him what Jesus did, or in his case was about to do. But even so, Jesus responded by rebuking Satan. <clears throat> And I want to talk about what is happening at the moment. And I want to challenge you, the listener, those of you that have chosen to listen to me. And I've written a lot of stuff about this. And it's one thing to write it down. It's another to hear someone talking about it. And uh, I think it's good to hear the voice behind the word that's being written. And I, I, I just want to say something whatever I put down I can promise you that the motivation is to encourage and to teach and um, never to heap condemnation at times it seems like perhaps condemnation is slipping into common condemnation because you're picking up on a on an issue on a negative issue um, but as with Jesus, when he ministered to Peter, 
it's not the individual I'm pointing at, it's the person behind it, and that's Satan. And he's at work, we know him as a deceiver, as a liar, and his desire is to kill us, to destroy us. And we know that, and he's got all sorts of different ways of of doing that, whether he, he kills us or he disarms us, he discourages us, tries to take our eyes off Jesus. That's what it's all about in the day. It's getting us to take our eyes off Jesus so that we don't use that faith that God has already given us, that measure of faith, that same faith that Jesus Christ has is inside of every born-again believer. And uh, it's for us to use it. We used it not just in every born-again believer, by the way, because if you think about it, it must be in every man because we had to use faith to be saved by grace. God didn't give us the faith beforehand knowing that we were going to be saved. He gives every man a measure of faith. Think about that. And then it's up to us whether we use it. Now, we who believe have already used it in believing in Jesus Christ as the, our Lord and Saviour, as God, as the Son of God, as part of the Trinity. We believe that Jesus died on that cross for the forgiveness of our sins, past, present and future. Otherwise, he'd have to be crucified again. He, he did it once for all. And... It wasn't just the forgiveness of sins. Some of you may be uncomfortable with that, but uh, the word is very clear. By his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 1 Peter 2 25, I think it is. 24-25. It is clear that the stripes that were put upon Jesus healed us. It's bizarre when you think about it, but it's the punishment put upon him. He was punished in our place that we would be set free. Set free from the law, trying to attain fellowship with Father through our good works, through our good performance. He took on the burden himself. He took on the task himself. He was the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, the, the perfect lamb. And... Because of Jesus' love for us, God's love for us, he went to the cross. He deserved the exact opposite. He deserved adulation, honour and praise and worship. And he became sin for us. He took on board all our sin, all the sin that we had past, present and future was put upon him which meant that he was separated from his father from the trinity he was separated because of sin, sin separates us from God but he took on that sin so that we would not be separated with him, those that believe that we would have a relationship with our creator with our heavenly father and I mean you know all this stuff but I'm just uh, reiterating it it's a foundational thing because I want to it, it's from where I I'm coming in terms of what I want to share with you and also he was poor 
He had nothing. And he had nothing so that we could have everything. Do you think about it? In heaven, heaven has no lack. Heaven has no sickness. Heaven has no death. Heaven has no tears, no regrets, no pain, no suffering. And that truth is available to you and me. That's why Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's not... Many will interpret that and say, well, that's, that's fine. Well, that's, that happens when Jesus comes back again. Now, the kingdom of God is within us. Notice, by the way, I'm not referring to Scripture itself. I think partly because, you know, I forget sometimes exactly where the Scripture is, but I, I, I know it. I think sometimes when we quote Scripture, we're, we're sort of saying, aren't I clever, aren't I wonderful? Because I can remember exactly where it was. It's still truth, even if you don't remember exactly where it was, but you know it's truth. When you speak it out, it remains truth. Okay, so I'm not going to refer too often to particular scripture. Um, maybe I'll follow it up in in the future with some, some scripture. But what I'm sharing is scripture. It is truth. And Jesus... The work on that cross that he went through, the punishment that he took, the death that he suffered, the pain that he suffered, the abuse, the verbal and physical abuse that he suffered, which we can't even comprehend, was for our benefit. It was for a reason. It was to set us free from all those things all those experiences, that we would benefit in the opposite way, that we would be blessed with every spiritual blessing, that we would be in good health, that we would not suffer lack. God gave us the ability to create wealth. When God created Adam and Eve, they were in the garden of Eden and it was perfect they had everything they could possibly need and that's what God wants for you and me and it is available for you and me now at the moment we're going through we're going through this um, challenge which is this COVID-19 disease Sorry for the background noise, by the way. Um, that disease is a disease. It kills. We know that. And some people suffer more than others. But it's a disease. And that disease does not originate from God to teach us anything. He's not pouring his judgment upon us. He poured his judgment upon his son. He no is no longer angry with us because Jesus was judged 
in our place. He's a good God. He only has good things that he thinks towards us. And he has done everything that he needs to do to enable us to walk in the goodness that he has for us. And this sickness is from the enemy, from the, from the devil himself. He wants to kill us, he wants to destroy us. He wants to disarm us. He wants us to take our eyes off our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He wants us to take our trust off him and put our trust in other things. That's why the NHS, I'm in the UK at the moment, and the NHS is the, is the UK National Health Service. And it's being applauded, and, and rightly so. It's doing a great job. Because those that have to rely upon the NHS, who choose to rely upon the NHS, they need the best possible job the NHS can do. But there is another option. And that option is to trust in Jesus Christ as our healer. And you only have to look, study the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Study the Gospels and see what Jesus did. He healed the sick. He healed the sick. But he was looking for faith. So many times he said, your faith has healed you. He's looking for faith. Because he knows that something can be done when someone is demonstrating faith. We had to use our faith to be saved. We have to use our faith to be healed. Now, there are occasions, and I accept this, and I don't fully understand it, when Jesus brings back to life what is dead, i.e. raising the dead, and quite clearly, Lazarus, as one example, didn't have any faith because he was dead, or his body was dead. But you could argue, and I'm not sure this is correct necessarily, but Lazarus's spirit was not dead. It was alive. It believed in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He believed in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And therefore, Jesus perhaps was able to raise Lazarus from the dead. Because in the spiritual realm, there were, Lazarus had faith. I don't know. Even if he didn't, Clearly, faith had to be had to be present, and it was present in Jesus. And certainly, in my time under uh, Curry Blake's teaching, John Gillette Ministries, and um, and his brothers and sisters in Christ, I was taught that faith needs to be present, and it can either be present in the person who's ministering, and or well, no, not all, and the person who's being ministered to. I think there'd have to be faith <laughs> in the person who's ministering. Um, and I do believe that someone's faith um, accesses healing. If I'm ministering somebody and someone has really has got faith to believe and no unbelief, no doubting, then I'm, I'm convinced that that is 
um, an important element in seeing a total healing. And um, I know that's, I've experienced that. I've experienced that in um, a lady who was mute from birth when I was in Kenya, that I traveled a long distance to go and see. And um, when I got there in the middle of nowhere, um, word had already got out in the village and the family that I was coming and they were excited so clearly faith was rising they were believing that I was a messenger from God and and when I ministered to this young lady she was only 18 years of age who had been mute from birth I rebuked Satan I commanded the spirit that was causing the muteness in this lady to go and she was totally set free and she's now talking like anybody else and she's learning dressmaking at a college in a, a town a couple of hours away so that she can earn a living she um she wasn't she understandably had difficulty in being educated while she was mute. In fact, I think in Kenya they, they treat anyone with a disability like that as being a second-class citizen, sadly. What she needed was the truth being ministered to her. What she needed was someone with faith and combined with her faith and she was set free. And that's a, just one example. And I believe with all my heart, with every bone in my body, that... Jesus can do, can heal anybody. I believe that Jesus can raise anyone from the dead. I believe anyone who's demonised, I don't know how long, I don't care how long you've been demonised, I don't care how long you've been ill, don't care how old you are, you can be set free when a, a believer who knows who he is in Christ ministers to you you will be set free. I'm confident of that. And if for any reason that doesn't happen, then it's not God's fault. It certainly is not God's fault because God has already done it. He sent his son. Jesus went to the cross. The stripes were put upon Jesus. By his stripes we were healed. The work has been completed. That's the wonderful thing, that when we're ministering, we're not ministering something that hasn't been done to be done. We're ministering something that has already been done to manifest in the physical realm. It's so much easier. Someone's done it for us already. His name is Jesus. God himself has already accomplished a complete work at the cross. It's the message of good news. It's the message of reconciliation. And um, and therefore, I've gone off tack a little bit, perhaps, but the central message that I, if you're still listening to this, the central message is that Satan is at work. Anything that's bad originates from Satan. He's at, he is at work 
But the good news is, James 4 verse 7, one of my most quoted verses these days. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is truth. That is God's promise to us. Submitting to God is believing his word. We have submitted those who believe to his son. We've submitted to Jesus as being our Lord and Saviour. But there's more that we need to do. We just have to rest in the knowledge of what Jesus did for us at the cross. In a sense, it's a contradiction, isn't it? To do and to rest. But it, what it is, it's, it's just having faith in what Jesus did for us. Not in what we can do. In what Jesus has done for us. And when we do that, then we are submitting to God. And then we can resist the devil. Because we will know when the devil's at work. We can see him clearly behind the scenes. Just as Jesus saw clearly when Peter spoke. Jesus knew his adversary was trying it on. And we can resist him. And when we do resist him, he flees because he knows we know. He knows that we know the authority that has been given us, already given us. We don't take hold of that authority. The authority is already ours. We just use that authority. It's in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is in every born-again believer, waiting to get out and touch people's lives and change people's lives. And that is what Jesus wants us to do. And Jesus promised us that if we believe, we will do the same things that he did. John 14, verse 12. These things will you do, and greater things than these, because I go to the Father. He was alive and kicking at the time he was saying this, but he knew he was going to the cross. He knew it was going to be a complete work. So he knew that every born-again believer, when they believed in him as their Lord and Saviour, that they would have him inside of them. He knew that they could do the same things that he could do. And then he said this amazing thing, didn't he? He said, and greater things than these things will you do. And why? Why did he say that? Because he went to the Father. He was raised from the dead. Death lost its sting. Jesus is alive. And he is sitting at God's right hand, interceding for you and me. That's assuming that you're a believer. He's interceding for every believer on this planet. And on top of all that, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be our teacher, to be our comforter. We are never alone. We are never alone. Wherever we go, he goes with us. I think the danger of many believers is that they 
rely upon their senses. And it's the flesh, the five main, main senses, smell, touch, feel, sight, and hearing. We need that sixth sense, which is in the spiritual realm. We need to just believe in what God says. Whatever God says is truth. It never returns void. When God promises something, it is always fulfilled. Unlike human beings, how many promises have I made that I haven't kept? But God keeps every one. And if we don't see a manifestation of a promise that we've read in the Bible, it's not because God has come up short. It's because we haven't believed. It is faithful, folks, that accesses grace. That's Our faith is so important. Grace is so important. But you can't access grace without faith. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. You cannot access what Jesus has done for us, freely done for us. We don't earn anything that Jesus did for us at the cross. It's a gift from him to us. So it's time for Christians to be aware of Satan when he's at work. And it's time to resist him, not to be passive and accept, oh well, what will be will be. C'est la vie. No, it's time for us to take the authority that Jesus gave us when he went into hell itself and took the keys of Hades of Satan and gave them to us. Satan has no authority. Do not fear Satan. If you fear Satan, you're believing his lies. They're lies. A lie is a lie. Believe God's truths and understand them. Ask the Holy Spirit. When you don't understand something, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. I promise you, I've seen it for, my, for myself. I've experienced it for myself. He will respond to that prayer. John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Gosh, if you ask Father, if you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what, it, what he means in this particular scripture, whatever it is, do you think God is going to say, mm, nah, I think I'll hold back on that one. You haven't, you're not mature enough or you haven't done enough good works. No, <laughs> it's grace. He, he just smiles. He's overjoyed that we're asking him and he will teach us. He will show us. He will give us revelation. I believe at this time we are, the Holy Spirit is giving us a really deep revelation of the truth of his word. 
There's no doubt about it. I, I'm experiencing it for myself. And I've spent many years in ignorance of really understanding what Jesus did for me at the cross. But no more. I have a much better understanding of what was done for me at the cross. And I know that sounds daft, but believe me, I don't think any of us yet have a full understanding of what happened at the cross in its totality. Totality. I can't think of the I can't pronounce the word, but you know what I mean. Totality, that's it. Um so I hope that you will read the stuff that I share and Rob shares. It's for your encouragement. It's to teach you to trust in God in every area of your lives and to step out. Faith without works is dead. We've got to be a doer of the word, folks. A doer of the word is so important. There's so many people out there that are ignorant of the good news. There are so many people out there that need being set free, set free from the lies that they've taken on board, set free from the diseases that they're suffering from, set free from a poverty mindset. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. That is his nature. Amen. Okay, thanks for listening, and I'll share some more um, in the days to come. God bless.